Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Good word. Come on, give it up for the word of God this morning. We'll see what else we can dig out of here together. Um, Yeah, God does not call us to play it safe. That is for sure. And I think a lot of the times it is fear that holds us back when he's calling for the immediate response, right? And so let's look at that verse 22 there. The immediately, immediately Jesus, it says, made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. There's a lot right there, okay? But I want to bring up uh, something that was brought up before that my wife keeps bringing up for our kids. They know this too. But the first point is delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You know, and as a father, there's times when I give my children a choice. And then there's times when when I will make them do something because they haven't yet got the discipline or the maturity to get a move on. Isn't that right, Logan? (laughs) Sometimes I'm not, dad's not asking. Dad is telling you, right? Just like Jesus made them get in the boat. And you know, I looked up several um, different translations and 90% of them say the same thing. Made, 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 made. Jesus made them get in the boat. You know, a good father knows what's best. A good father shows us what's best. And a good father sends us in the best direction. And that's what Jesus was doing for his disciples. Even if that means moving when we don't want to and being sent where we don't want to go, right? I'm sure those guys, like just before that, Jesus had fed the 5,000 with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread, okay? Big miracle. And then it says right after that, immediately he sends them out. And I think, how many times, sometimes we just want to stay, we want to celebrate. Sometimes we might even want to take some of the credit, you know, like whatever it might be. But then the Lord is saying, hey, you know, just like in the upper room when they received the Holy Spirit, they didn't stay in the upper room. They were sent out. They were sent out. And that's the thing sometimes where we want to stay in that comfort. We want to just stay in that position where God's like, hey, I don't want you to get too comfortable. It's time to, it's time to move to the next miracle, right? And sometimes, I'll even say this, men, to be blunt with you, honest with you, sometimes we try to recreate the experience on our own and the miracle the way that it happened, and then we miss the new thing that God wants to do. Would you agree with me? Behold, I do a new thing. Can you not see it? And sometimes we try to recreate uh, the way that we do church. We try to recreate the way that we've seen miracles happen, and and, and we miss out on where God is moving us to that next step, right? So you got to think, those men, they probably would have loved, they could have probably stayed there for days, and the people would have celebrated them and praised them for this amazing miracle. Hey, we could, let's, let's continue to have the next meal and the next meal and the next meal. Feed us, Lord. But no, there's, there's a time when, when the Lord says, hey, it's time to get a move on. And um, so we need to know that Christ is sending us. We don't want to miss out on that next miracle because we're so caught up in the crowd, that we get so caught up in the crowd. And sometimes we just want to stay and observe when Christ is calling us to be obedient and to go. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, 
it says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Burnt offerings and sacrifice or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering of the fat rams. That's 1 Samuel 15, 22 of the NLT. So we need to learn to listen. We need to learn to let go. And, and then we need to learn to move on. So the questions I have for you guys, I want you to reflect on them. What am I holding on to that's got me caught in the crowd? What am I holding on to that's got me caught in the crowd? And where is Jesus calling me to cross over? You know, as a, as a father, I think every father kind of can relate to this if you've got kids, especially now in the school system. Um, the tension that we feel that we're called to manage is when they're in that crowd, you know, how much are they listening to the crowd and how much are they listening to Christ? I don't want my kids so caught up in the crowd and in what's going on in the world today that they miss what's going on in the Word today. You with me? Yes. So the same thing that you notice that Jesus, Jesus dealt with the crowd, said, hey, let me deal with the crowd, you guys go. And I think sometimes we just need to let, let go and let God, let God deal with them, and let's, let's move our disciples forward in the boat to where God is calling us. Make sense? Cool. Um, verse 26 and 27, it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So immediately Jesus says, take courage. So the next point I want to mention to you is don't hesitate to take courage. Don't hesitate. You see, courage is what allows us to see Christ. Take courage. It is I. Take courage. Receive courage. Have courage. Do not fear. Sometimes we get stuck in fear when in reality God is already near. We get stuck in fear and we think that God is so far. We think he's off on the shore, but he's right there. Right? And I think that's really the problem. I think that's why they missed Christ and why they, they didn't see Christ in the chaos is because they thought that he was way back over there on shore. They weren't looking for him in the storm. Right? You with me? That's why sometimes we can, we can, we can miss it in the midst of even the mess. And, and if we wait to respond in courage, we may miss that call. The, immediately, he says, take courage. We can't, we can't wait too long to take courage because the more you focus on it, the more you give power to other things, the more you dwell in that fear or that lack or whatever that is, the bigger it gets. Isn't that true? So what we see can be, and in many times is misleading. Looks can be deceiving, but it's hearing God's Christ's voice that confirms our call. Hearing his voice. John 10, 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we need to tighten up on our response when it comes to courage. The longer you wait in fear, the longer you'll convince yourself of what you're afraid of and when it could be the very thing that you're called to. Woo! In this case, it was Jesus. 
If they had stayed in that fear, they would have convinced themselves they were afraid of a ghost. Right? But they were called to Jesus. They were called to Christ. That's why immediately he said, take courage. It is I. It is I. And let's look at verse 30 and uh, 31. It says, but when, this was Peter, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. Cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, there's the third time, Jesus reaches out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? God responds when we call out to him immediately. The key is when we sink to immediately call out to him. You see, because the third point is his reach is connected to our response. His reach is connected to our response. The story in Matthew 12 where Jesus heals the man with the shriveled hand. In verse 13, Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and was completely restored just as the other hand was. Peter was first called out of the boat towards the sound and the sight of Jesus. His fear caused him to sink because he took his eyes off of the way and instead he looked to the wind. Why did he doubt? The same reason that you and I doubt. We're too busy looking at the storm instead of looking at our Savior. Just like we're too busy looking at what we fear instead of drawing near. We may, we may see loss in this season. We may see sickness. We may see anger. We may see pain. But we need to shift our focus to our heavenly Father. The storms will continue, but guess what? So does Christ. In Luke one thirty seven says that, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And in John 16, of the Passion Translation, it says, and everything I have taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. You want to find your rest? Find it in Jesus. You want to find your recreate? Find it in Jesus. For in this unbelieving world, it says, this is still in verse 33, in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble, you will experience sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. Beautiful, eh? You see, God's, God's peace gives us confidence. You ever thought of it that way? It's right there in the scripture. God's peace gives us confidence. You will experience, but you must be. Did you catch that, catch that in the scripture? You will experience, but you must be. You will experience trouble, but you must be trusting. You will experience sorrow, but you must be strong. Part of being strong and of good courage means trusting in the Lord as our true source of strength. 
The Hebrew word for courage is written right there in front of you. I can't even say it. But it is listen and repeat. Listen and repeat. In the Hebrew, that word means listen and repeat. The word is best defined as the willingness to take action. That is courage. Your experience does not lead to your advancement. Your faith in action does. You with me? It's not the storm. It's what you see in the storm. It's most importantly who you see in the storm. Your courage is Christ that makes a way through the chaos. That's where courage comes from. Your peace, he says, your peace in me. In me, my peace. Verse 33 says, Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. I want to park on that one for a bit. Who's in your boat? Are they worshiping or are they whining? Oh, <laughs> you felt that one, eh? That's how you'll tell the difference between a believer and a skeptic. One worships the one who walks on water and calls others to do the same. The other just complains about the winds and the waves and never gets out of the boat. Don't mask your fear, or don't mask your faith, sorry, with fear and call it realism. Take courage, listen to the call, and respond immediately, men. Takeaway half for us is our immediate response will lead to our reward. The Lord led me to this scripture in James 1, 2 to 4. Many of us know it well, but it says, Consider it pure joy, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Huh. That's a change on perspective. But it's truth. So there's truth in the trial. And that is to consider it pure joy. Because you know that testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. Talk about a good, good father. When we don't understand and there will be times, but Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He's a good dad. He's a good father. Sometimes we don't see it. Why, like, Lord, why would, you, why would you send me into the storm? Why would you call me out of the boat only to sink? We're, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Why, do, why does everyone focus on the doubt of Peter when he sank? How about the faith of Peter to walk on water? No one else in history besides Jesus has walked on water. But here's the thing. We'll sink. There's going to be times where we'll doubt. But we need to cry out immediately. We need to seek him immediately. We need to take courage immediately. And he will reach out to us immediately. We can't wait till after the wind and after the waves and after all those things to call out to our Lord. We need to reach out to him now, immediately. And I think that's, that's the part that spoke to my heart on the tighten up. Again, it is delayed obedience is disobedience. It is the fact that 
will we hesitate to take courage? And we need to know that his reach is connected to our response. That immediate response is so key. And again, a lot of the times the immediate, if we don't, if, if we don't do the immediate, we'll miss the ultimate. We'll miss the ultimate. Right? Like how many miss? Hey, the great thing is his mercies are made new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Yes, but I don't want to get to heaven one day and see all the things that are written down that God had in stored for me and planned for me, but I failed to move forward immediately because I delayed not my plans, but I delayed his plans. Hey, the good news is if God doesn't use me, he's going to use somebody else. But I don't want to miss out on that miracle. I don't want to miss out on the blessing because I was too comfortable and I wanted to stay and listen to the crowd or I was too busy looking at the wind and I missed the way. Right? I don't want to miss out. And I think that that's something that God's going to convict each and every one of us um, today, this week, and in the days to come, where we need to tighten it up a bit. Where we need to tighten it up. You know what? I still hear, and now I hear Rick's voice in my head. It's pretty cool. But I, I think maybe, Rick, because you brought it back to me, you know when you kind of, kind of like ping, ping pong sometimes? Every time we're up here, you're like, boop, you hit it, and then your, your, your friend, boop, he hits, he hits the ball back to you. But I still get every morning I wake up and I hear Bible before beans because my, my immediate response is caffeine. My immediate response is to go turn, just, you know, get it going, get the coffee, get the coffee maker warmed up. No, how about I get my heart warmed up? How about I get my worship warmed up? I want my immediate response when I show up to hear for you guys that I'm already worshiped up. You know, that I'm already prayed up. I'm already in the word. I want to like seek him first. And that's it. And I'm not being, uh, hear my heart. I'll do another teaching on this, but I'm not trying to be so legalistic. That's not what I'm trying to say. My conviction may be different than your conviction. It may look different for you than it does for me. But what I am saying is there's certain areas in our lives, and you'll know what it is. That'll be your conviction with the Holy Spirit or where you need to tighten it up. And for me, tightening it up is, is tightening up what's loose in my tongue sometimes and the way that I talk about situations. Tightening it up is, is speaking the truth in love. You know, tightening, tightening it up could be, you, you know, be sure to give your praise over problems. You know, tightening up could be, uh, uh, and the, oh my goodness, anyone get the verse of the day this morning? Husbands, honor your wives the way that Christ loved the church and he laid himself down for it. That's the one I got this morning. And that might be your tightening it up. But again, it's the word that tightens up my way. It's the word. It's not me and then asking the word to fit, fit in my way. Does that make sense? It's his word tightens my way. It's seek first the kingdom of God. It's not like, oh, where can I make this work for me today? No, God, what are my orders? Like Gideon, when he got down, you know, he says, Lord, what are my orders? And I think that's how our day needs to be every day, every way. We need to tighten it up. We need to stop being so slack on our decisions and by the way that we feel instead of moving by our faith. We need to tighten it up in our conversations with God and tighten it up in the way that we encourage and build up one another. First Thessalonians 5.11. Tighten it up. So if there's something that, that you need to tighten it up right now, just write it down. Like if I'm saying anything, the Holy Spirit's convicting you, like Habakkuk 2.2. Write the vision down, make it plain, so those that read it can run with it. That's why I give you guys the notes every day, is so, so that you can write it down. I know there's 72% of you are going to move forward now and actually do these things if you write them down. 
So the self-reflection of where do I got to tighten it up? Maybe, you know, maybe I got to really focus on who I'm letting into my boat. Maybe I got to get more worshipers in my boat. Maybe I got to get more people filled with the Holy Spirit because evidence of the Holy Spirit, one of them is joy. And I need more joyful people in my life right now. I need to be like so like iron sharpens iron, surrounded by joyful, worshiping people. Not just when they play a role or position, right? Because anybody can, we said it can be friendly. Anyone can be happy. Anyone can like, the difference is authenticity. And the only way you get authenticity is through the anointing. It's tightening it up. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That is the spirit of the Lord. And I I think that boat is like, where do we got to tighten it up? We're rowing together. We're rowing at the same pace. It's not like, I got all these people. I love them, Lord. They're in the boat. I know you called. You called. Yes, Matt, you're called to love them all. But you can't let everybody in that boat. (laughs) Noah couldn't let everyone in the boat either, could he? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we're called to reach every available person. That doesn't change. By every available means with the gospel. like So that none should perish. That doesn't change. I'm talking about in your boat. I'm talking about covenant. I'm talking about rowing side by side with joy and with worship through the storm. With me? Awesome. I just, I just feel it. I feel like there needs to be an awakening in this nation of joy and praise and worship. And authenticity. What's that? Yeah, but we got it. It starts with us. We got to tighten it up. Church is, is plan A. There's no plan B. That's, that's, that's it. We are his church. And how will others know him but by our love for one another? Yeah. So that's, maybe that's it. I got to tighten up my love the way I love people. Not the worldly way I love people. The First Corinthians 13 way of loving people. I got to tighten it up. I got to tighten it up. And don't overwhelm yourself. But if you just think of one area, like one keystone habit where you could tighten it up, that would affect everything. Then you start your day, end your day. You can even reflect at the end of your day. Hey, did I love someone today? Did I tighten it up? Did I listen to the Lord? Did I listen and do? Repeat, listen and repeat. If that's the, if that's the Hebrew word for courage is to listen and repeat, listen and repeat, listen and repeat, then have I been listening? Or have I just been repeating the same things in my life, expecting different results? Praise God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your love, your conviction, uh, the boldness for these men. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us and showing us what it is that we need to tighten it up in. And uh, Lord, thank you for this example that you used, Peter, and all the disciples and the miracles that you did. Lord, may we tighten it up today in just honoring one another and honoring you. May we tighten it up today, Lord, in how we receive um, the people that are coming into this church. Lord, uh, how we minister the gospel, how we um, lift your name above every other name, how we worship, Lord, that when others come in, just like children coming in, watching their dads, that they would see the spiritual fathers of this house worshiping with such boldness and power and authority, uh, not just in song, but in service, Lord Jesus, the way that they greet, the way that they clean up, the the way that they um, love and get to do life with others in this house and in this boat. I thank you for all these men that I get to be in the boat with. Bless them today. In your name I pray.
Amen. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.